0: Thanks for watching or listening to the VRT Boxing Bellsville podcast. We're on episode 133, uh, so we'll be at 150 by about markup. I think we do have a couple of weeks off at Christmas, but long running now, long running, and I hope you're not getting bored of us, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify or iTunes. You know me, Steve Lillis. You know my co-host, John Evans. Uh, tonight's special guest... Uh, a man who combines boxing with fulfilling his journalism ambition. It's a unbeaten super featherweight, Lee Gormley. Lee, uh, thanks for joining us on, on the podcast tonight.
1: No worries, lads. Thanks very much for having me. Fal- yeah, following, right. on, following on with the um, esteemed guest recently, with Alex Mafianco and Jimmy First. So, big <laughs> boots to I
0: tell you what, not a bad word said about Jimmy First anywhere, is there? You must have seen him in the gym with Alex.
1: Yeah, he's a great lad. Yeah. He was inspired for his uh, for his last fight throughout the weekend. Top man. Yeah. The n- nicest man in boxing, as they said.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is. I was talking to him yesterday. It didn't go well for him the weekend. But you know what? He was so philosophical. That's boxing. No excuses. I got caught, never recovered. End of end of the subject. You know, yeah. very honest fella as well. But uh yourself, um you had a journalism career that you put on hold for boxing.
1: Yeah, well, it's not really on hold. Um, it's uh, a bit of balancing the both. Uh, really, um, I was as I was just saying, I graduated in twenty thirteen from from Leeds uh, University, and I was doing freelance work and stuff from for like boxing news and that uh, all the way up for years until I started working for Boxraw uh, about three years ago now. So that's what I'm doing still. Um, on a turn pro. In, in June this year so it's a balancing act really you know full-time professional boxer full-time uh, working as well as a sports writer like so best of both worlds
0: Um, and you're back in action November 25 at Wigan is that right Wigan Robin Park Arena
1: yeah back in the in the glamorous Wigan yeah um, from a from a third fight uh, looking forward to yeah 2-0 now like so third one
0: and do you cover any other
1: sports or is it just boxing you're writing about at the moment like I used to, like when I, when I was doing the freelance after graduating I used to do a bit of football and stuff, but boxing just took over. And um, I work for uh, for box raw now, like so that's obviously all boxing focused.
2: We we were close to turning over before Lee. You know, 2013 God, it's nearly eleven years ago now, was turning over as a pro ever on the books before recently.
1: Uh, well, I wasn't even boxing when I was at uni. You know, I, I didn't start till, you know, mid-20s or so. Really. So I was a very late starter and I've only had like, quite, quite a short uh, amateur career, really, like I um, think about five or six years, maybe. About 40 amateur fights. So the last few years or so, it's been on my mind, like I, I was always going to turn pro. It was just a matter of when. Obviously, like COVID happened and stuff sort of delayed things. But, uh, yeah, last year, the year before maybe, I was, like, proper pushing for it and then just decided to, to make the move last year. And it's just, it just took a long time to get the, the forms and all done. And uh, you, guys, you guys will know, like, it, take, it takes quite a while to get things over the line. But made my debut in June, like, so... Just ready and pushing on now.
0: OK, well, we'll push on with the podcast. I think you might have known it works. Seeing as you've seen Jimmy first and... Alex, Matt, Vienko. Three minutes each topic. We, 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 we try, we're we going to try and not overrun for once. Yep. Uh, but we usually do because people have got something to say. Johnny, have you got your bell, your clock and everything you need ready?
2: Everything ready, Steve. Well,
0: we're going to start <laughs> with you, Lee, this week. And a uh, crossroads fight uh, is something that's on your mind.
2: Yes,
1: crossover fights. So, big one this weekend. Uh Fury and Gannon, uh, but of, another one of them weekends where boxing fans sort of divide opinions. Tyson Fury against uh, Francis and Ghanu. so you boxing heavyweight world champion against the, the former UFC heavyweight champion, and just, just for me personally, I just think like these sort of crossover fights they're sort of running their course a bit. I don't know how you guys think like, but they're sort of getting to the end for me like I don't think they're ever very competitive I think you look back at um Mayweather McGregor that was like the peak of it that was like when it really hit its peak um even I got like hooked into that one even a few years ago and that was like uh you know the big one where where all the money was and it sort of carried on that was like the catalyst for all these ones coming there later on now Fury and Ghanu um, but like when you when you look back, like throughout boxing history, there's always been these crossover fights. Uh, you look back at I think the the big like cultural one uh, was Muhammad Ali, Antonio and yeah. in- 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 and okay, back in 1976, uh, probably the most famous one. But even that, like it's looked back on and by MMA fans and stuff like like fondly. But it, even that was a bit of a shit show, really. Like you know, 15 rounds. I think it was just yeah. Anoki on his back, kicking all these legs and stuff. But yeah, I just think they're sort, they're sort of around the course. Like, and I think they're always big, big event, big money involved, but never very competitive. And yeah, the, the sort of running the course for me. There, there was other ones as well. Uh, I think one of my favorite fighters of all time, James Tony. He he went the other way around, and he went from the boxing ring into into the cage, and it ended pretty much high. I think all fights between boxers and MMA fighters in the cage, what end of him uh, getting taken down in a few seconds and taken out really. Um, and then nowadays are after Fury and Ghani as well. I just don't see where, where they're going to go uh, in terms of other crossover fights. You see like Canelo talking about uh, Conor McGregor on Twitter and stuff. And then you've got Sean O'Malley calling out like Tank Davis and, <laughs> uh, it's like we're uh, we're sort of running out of big names for the crossover ones. So I think Fury and Ganu we've got like the heavyweight now one, and I think that's probably going to see a bit of a slump in these um crossover fights. Uh, for me, I don't know how you feel like, but I, I don't see it's going to be very competitive at all. I think Fury will probably can end it whenever he wants. You know, he he was talking uh, a few days ago in the build up. With the the face off uh, video saying they can go out and he's just going to jab the head off him, um, get behind that big the uh, jab of a you know he was saying like nineteen stone 20, nineteen stone twenty stone man and break his face up and then stop him in a couple of rounds and I think that's probably how it'll go, but uh, yeah, a big one. But I think this will probably be like one of the last big crossover fights in my opinion. Like,
0: I think in the current climate it might be the last of the boxing ones, but there's always something that come along, but. uh the only I got no I've got no real interest in it this weekend, you know. I'll find somewhere to watch it. I know I will, but uh it is what it is. I think you said it all all there, really Lee. Um the thing that what rolls me more than anything is the way the promoters are selling it, as if it's gonna be some sensational fight. That's the thing that rolls me. And like you say, Fury ends it any second, any minute
2: he wants. John?
1: Yeah, it'll just depend how he wants to go, doesn't
2: it? Oh, yeah. I think the only reason this has caught on and the reason I think this will be the last one is that it's heavyweights. Um, yeah. with Mayweather, McGregor, there was that intrigue and never been not been done for a long time. McGregor's just a phenomenon, isn't he? And people bought into it. But yeah. people clearly saw that Floyd toyed with him until he decided he tied him out, drowned him and decided to end it. This one I think there's that possibility, about what if Ngarnu lands because they're heavyweights? When that gets cleared out, you know, when it shown that that makes absolutely no difference whatsoever either. There's nowhere left to go, is there? The smaller weights can't outbox them, the heavyweight can knock him out with a single shot and I don't think it'll be anywhere else to go after this weekend. Yeah. So yeah, I think it might just be the end. Well, you finish us off there, John. And for round two, you're going to continue us. I know this is a fight you're looking forward to, John, the weekend on, on that bill in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, a proper fight in Saudi Arabia. My type of fight This Wardley Adelaide. I can't wait for this one. Um, we all love a heavyweight fight when it takes off. I'll, I, my Some of my favourite fights are things like Morris Harris against Derek Jefferson, where you get heavyweights who are just not quite world-class, but just make for a perfect fight. And I think we might get a good one here. Um, Wardley seems really cool and calm and collected, very composed. Adelaide, I think he's putting on a little bit of an act. If you speak to Adelaide, he's not as rough and ready as he's coming across. I wonder if he's trying to throw Wardley a little bit, but it's not worked. Um, I think the interesting thing is how Adelaide deals with the weak. He's never thought on a stage like this. Wardley's inexperienced, but he's boxed on big shows, big Joshua cards and and things like that. Um, when it was first made, I started thinking Adelaide might be too powerful and aggressive and raw. But the, more, the closer the fight gets, I think Wardley might be a bit more well-rounded, a bit more composed and beaten.
0: Oh, for me, Wardley wins. That's all I've got to say. Over to you, Lee. <laughs> Wardley's now done.
1: I think. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with both. Of you. I think um, I would. I would lean towards Wardley uh, quite heavily. And I think he'll just outbox him. As he said, Johnny's got the experience too. Yeah, big event, big Tyson Fury um, undercard. You know, in Saudi Arabia. So I think Wardley will take that one. Good, good domestic fight. It's a bit of a shame that's actually in Saudi Arabia. British title fight, you no. Know, what we'll talk about in, in a bit about um, venues and stuff, but that that's one that would probably have been better over here or in London or somewhere, like, or York Hall, like, but, yeah, I'd say Wardley will win that
2: one. I wonder what will happen afterwards, because I know Wardley's gone across to BT for this particular fight, hasn't he? But I think the hope is that if he wins, he'll stay there. He'll stay on TNT. You know, the heavyweight division runs through TNT at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, I think he's made quite a good impression on the people over there. So, I, I, whoever wins is going to be a big star of the way the heavyweight division is. Yeah. You know, you move so much quicker, don't you? For be being mentioned for world title eliminators in six months' time, whoever wins this. Um, I, I wonder what will happen after, after this fight.
0: Win a winner could fight Joyce or um, even Daniel Dubois. Who knows? Anyway. Yeah.
2: For
0: round three, something... Uh... Leave the such a mirror as a subject coming up. Can a venue make a fight? It's interesting there, Lee, I think, that um, you, su- you suggested, you know, and I agree, you know, that that fight, Wardley Adelani belongs here. It can get locked on a card like that. Now, I was watching the Sky Skystroke Saturday night and we had Louis Green against Sam Gilly. Fantastic contest for the Commonwealth, Super World Away title. And final eliminated for the British title, um, I thought Gilly won it won it well, but it was still a fantastic fight. Then we had another little, an enthralling fight with Hennessy Jr. and Joe Laws. And I just think, watching in that show, that that on Saturday, those those two fights were made for your call. Now, had they gone on at the O2 with Buaxia Aziz, they been absolutely lost with no one in, in the arena at all, because as great as those fights were to watch, Hearing the roar of that Call cool crowd made them fights even more special on Saturday night. And, you know, so often we see great fights lost on undercards at these big arenas because everyone's at the bar until 9.30. Because a lot of the people that go to these big the cards aren't boxing things. They're there for one, for the event, that, that one particular event. And others thought that, the, the call cool crowd made that the other night. And I think promoters should bear that in mind when they're matching these sort of fights. In future, it was a fantastic them two fights the other night. It was like going back to your call the David of Crawford actually fighting Monty Wright, and when it was so busy there, they was almost hanging from the rafters. A brilliant night there.
1: Yeah, it was. It was great, great event. Um, I think if you look across the to the Liverpool Yard as well, it was, was like quite empty. I think people a lot of people were saying that there was so many empty seats there and stuff like. And if you had had some of them fights on like that kind of card... They do get lost, like so the venue does um make a big, big difference. Like, especially your call. I love the fight there someday. Like it's just a, such um it's just compact, isn't it? Like, you know, it's everyone crowds like looking down and stuff. It's uh, just a lovely venue.
2: Yeah, it's it's seen as being a, a great thing to get on one of these big bills, isn't it? But for a young fighter, he you generally gets stuck on the be- before the bell bit, which isn't even televised, it's just on YouTube, and it's in an empty arena. Yeah, you exactly yeah. Hennessy Junior and Laws, there was probably more people in York Hall than there would have been in the Ulta Arena when they fought. More people saw it because it was on Sky Sports. And we spoke on a couple of weeks ago, haven't we, about should it be time to move away from these big venues to smaller places? And I, I know it sounds terrible for the health of a sport, but I think empty arenas are bad for the health of a sport as well. So it's, it creates a better atmosphere and a better show when the places are jam-packed.
0: Yeah, that, that was just fantastic there the other night. And there's more people now talking about Sam Gilley and Joe Laws than there would have been had it been at the 0-2. Yeah. I mean,
2: well, you know, Joe Laws, he's mate, isn't he? But I tell you what, well done to him there. That was uh, that was good, wasn't it? He deserved to win that. He did really well. He tells
0: himself brilliantly. I'm not going to believe he was drinking cocktails two weeks ago. I'm not saying he wasn't in full training, but I'm not going to believe... He was going out on down the big market with his dad two Saturdays before the fight. Game absolutely battered.
2: I'm not having lots that thought. Lots in pretty good nick for a cheesecake, right. I'll tell you what, yeah. he, he
0: was attacked. He could still lose a bit of weight, but he doesn't look bad at 11. 10 right, yeah. So I'm not... We don't believe you here. If, you, if, you, if we're skipping, <laughs> Joe, you come on and sell us.
2: Do you believe him, Lee?
1: <laughs> no, I think there's been gamesmanship there. <laughs>
2: Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, you probably for phone call will have come and he said, oh, I've not been training, I'm eating cheesecake and cocktails. I'm gonna need an extra three grand. It reminds me of the story <laughs> man, Carl Thompson full um sorry I've overrun it. Carl Thompson
0: boxed um Nikki Piper famous upset on ITV on a Wednesday night on a Frank Warren bill. Yeah. Um the phone went, Phil Martin said to Ernie Fossey. He's, been, he's on holiday, I can't get him off his holiday for this fight He's back tomorrow afternoon He might be able to get him down While he's doing this, you know, Phil's in the office upstairs at Champs Camp, And Paul's um, downstairs in the gym as he always was <sighs> I, I'll see what I can do for you Ernie But you're going to have to look after him Ernie's effing and jeffing Jeff, we'll give him the fight, give him the fight, we need him so come the Tuesday, ring, back. Ah, oh, I can't do this to him. He's got back off holiday. Carl never had in his life. His holiday was travelling into the gym. Got back off holiday, and Carl Thompson uh, <laughs> took the fight, got a nice few quid more. They got to the weigh on the, I think, I'm not sure if it was the day before, I might be. it was a Wednesday night for on the day, and he stripped down, and Frank Warren looks at Ernie Fossey, and they knew Phil would have tucked him up there and then. And then, of course, <laughs> the rest is history. Carl destroyed Nicky in three rounds and uh, there you go. Anyway, Billy tells me
2: he had to really twist Carl's arm to take it, didn't he, that fight? Yeah. I, I think he had one of his confidence crises and he had it, to he had to pretty much force him to take it because we knew he'd win.
0: Yeah, and he did. He did his style. Wednesday night on IT River, I remember. Anyway, right round four, it's over to you, Lee, and the four gay Linares. Fire away.
1: Yeah, one of my favourite fighters, uh, I think one of the Most exciting fighters like the last decade or so, mainly because he's so vulnerable. You know, his vulnerability made him very exciting. Uh, I think one of them, it's one of them ones where, for me, when you follow a fighter for so long, you watch like from their whole career, from when they like, like in in football too, when you watch someone make their debut and you follow their whole career right to the end when they retire, you feel like you know them, you know, and um, that was sort of the case of me with Lenores. And uh, yes, yeah, sort of sad to say towards the end of his career, sort of being used as like cannon fodder, really, like a bit of a stepping stone for um for these other up-and-coming guys, I suppose. But good time to retire, I think, for him. Uh, You know, I was lucky enough I got the same at, at what you would probably call his peak when he was on that run against them. Um, he came over and he beat Kevin Mitchell, yeah. which was like a decisive fight for his career too. He got, got up. Off the canvas, and he rallied back and got that win. And then he got the uh the Crawler fight, which I was at, uh, and then he big Crawler again. Then Luke Campbell, like, so he's on a good run there, like, and yeah, the weekend he just he was just he's well past it. You know, it's sad to see one of your your favorite fighters um just sort of down a bit uh, in their skills and that. But when he was in his at his peak, he, he free flowing combinations. He was brilliant to watch, like, and three division world champion. Twenty-one year career, I think it was all together. Like and yeah, it's good good time for him to go now. I think that if uh, he said before to his family, like he, he would have retired if he lost. And it it wasn't really that competitive. Jack's a, a very good technical boxer, and he just he just sort of i i boxed my class them for twelve rounds. Not the best of fights, like but yeah, I, I'm glad to see Lenore sort of hanging them up now. Um, instead on uh, uh, over twelve rounds, too not getting like sparked out and anything I like got
2: crazy isn't it to think he started off at your way you know i remember seeing him yes. get knocked out of sergio Tom was it on an outdoor show and he he looked like he, he was too vulnerable to do it but he's he's done great has not he i've said it before i've watched probably watched more footage of lanari sparring than a lot of people's actual fights cuz when if <laughs> when he's cutting loose in the ring he's phenomenal to watch in sparring he's he's absolutely lethal some of the shots he puts people over with just brutal but, yeah, I, I love him, and I'm, I'm glad he made yeah, me throw him on and didn't get badly starched.
1: You look,
0: you, know, you look at his record, I think it's at 50... I mean, you, obviously, Lee, you know him back to front. Um, I think it's 15 years, you could argue, at top level in a 20, 21-year pro career. It's just sensational, that, that. And also, you know, you 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 guys have played an accolade to him as a fighter, all, but always behaved with humility and represented the sport. That there's fewer and fewer fighters... Seem to do these days, and I think that's something that can't be overlooked. He was a proper man and humble, and never, never sort of wallowed in other people's misery like we see a lot of people do. A real gentleman, and I just hope that that this that he isn't tempted by some offer that's still gonna, he'll still get an offer to come in, and I just hope he sticks to his guns. And I mean, I've no idea what he's like financially, and, and retires and and lives a happy and healthy life, and gives and still stays in boxing. Fine. Round yeah. five, John. round five, John. Um, the Yafai-Charlie Edwards
2: uh, fight. Yeah, the, this is this is one of a a prime example. Of what's wrong with boxing at the moment? This Edwards and Yafai were both world champions at the same time five or five or six years ago. Now Edwards was calling for a fight. It never got made. It would have been a big fight for two lower weight guys, which we know the lower weight guys. Struggle for recognition and money. It was a, a natural fight to make. They knew each other from Team GB. They both get beat. Now, five or six years down the line, they're both on the comeback trail. Mate, the fight. You know, Carl Yafai's 34. He's not in this for the long haul now. He's not. He's not setting his stall out to win four fights to get a title shot. Charlie Edwards has had three nothing fights over the last couple of years. He's desperate to get back. There was. They offered Charlie Edwards the fight He said yeah. Yafai hung and and said no. And now he's fighting in Inglewood, California against an unknown Mexican-American. Nobody in Inglewood cares. Very few people in England will watch it because it'll be on the zone at two in the morning. They could have had Edwards and Yafai at an arena in England. The winner moves on and gets a final stab at doing something good. If they both make a few quid, and they can finish. Instead, Edwards has got nothing. Yafai's got a nothing fight. Nobody will care to... Shits about either of it, and I just think, mate, these fights between two British people, it the, the sport's on its arse a little bit at the moment. We need these things, and and that was one that should have just been a penalty kick. Yeah, you
0: know what? And what makes it's like we we talk often on this pod, John, about fights that get up that don't happen. This is one where there's been a rivalry brewing since 2018. They were first calling out each other, uh, it's incredible that it's got to this but. It's taken a couple of some strong words from Charlie Edwards for people to actually sit up and take notice. But this is a fight that has been brewing since 2018. When you mention this, Doug, I look back on it, how long they've been going back and forth. And Edwards has been very vocal about this fight for five years. And it's only now people have started thinking, wow, it's a fight that's been overlooked. Yeah. And I'll be honest, John, until you mention that today, I and mean, I've been. I didn't think of it in that light until I looked how long this rivalry had been going on. It's incredible and crazy that they're not fighting. And you know, you know, as Charlie said, we we you know, We had Eddie Earn making his comments last week about letting certain fighters go because they're not fighting anybody. Well, what's he gonna do with Cal with Yafi if he's turning down this fight? But we let will say, let's hear we should also hear Cal Yafi's reasoning yeah. for. We're not taking down the fight he might say well i've got a world title fight against A B or Phoenix." so you know before we hang him then maybe let's wait and see what he's got to say for himself
1: yeah that, that's the only thing in that like you don't behind the scenes there might be that's the, the only thing you can really argue like there might be something on your face side where he's got he might be getting a wee bit more money or he's had an agreement in place where he can win this and then move on to something else but yeah you, you just you want to see these fights like and like you were saying, um, Steve, like you look back on like, uh, on headlines and articles and stuff of how long these fights and arguments have been going on, and you say like 2018, 2017, eighteen, twenty seventeen, you're like Jesus Christ, just make the fight, you know, like, and it's not like it's Mayweather Pacquiao, yeah. like it's you know it's you a- Ad- Ad- fight, like, and it, eventually it sort of just runs its course, then doesn't it, and no one cares. But I think Charlie Edwards is on Instagram and stuff the other day, he sort of hyped it up way a bit more now, like so. Hopefully, we do see it at some point soon enough.
0: Have we had time there, John? You, you, that bell's not coming out too much and I bet Lee Hogan chops this up. He'll be wanting to shoot us off. Fellas, thanks very much for tonight. Lee, you've been a superb guest. I'm offering a lot of insight. You've obviously, amazing boxing knowledge there. And you, I'll tell you what, you might be the person to fly over to California or Tokyo, wherever Jorge Linares lives, and write his book. What about that?
1: Yeah, I'd love that, yeah. You can put a good word in for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't need to put a good word in for you. You just go to your Jorge Linares and make that your first book.
1: Yeah, Jorge, get in touch. I'm sure he listens to the podcast. So.
0: <laughs> John, thanks very much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm going to shoot, fellas. because pull Fulham are going to tick off in about half an hour against Tottenham, and it's a rare game I've
1: missed tonight. So there you go. That's- Right, nice, one lads. Thanks very much for having
2: me. Thanks, John. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across the north, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.